Well, thank you very much for talking with us today. Uh, you have a new report out. How would you describe that to people? How's the market right now? Well, the market is still very strong, even with the curveballs that's been thrown at us with COVID and all the wonderful and exciting things that happened this last year. We're doing good. San Antonio's doing good. And now when you say doing good, what does that mean compared to? Our productivity is up from last year, about 11% at this time last year, as far as home sales. And as long as the mortgage rates continue to be as good as they are, I think we'll continue to see a lot of activity. Plus, people are looking for different type housing now. They need home offices. They need yards for their children. A lot of change going on. And then I guess it's a 9% increase in the uh, average price, 7% in median price. Did you expect this this year? you know, in March when everything went south? Absolutely not. I did not expect it to be so great, but we're very adaptable. And because we have always used live streams to reach out to people, that's helped us a lot because we're doing virtual tours still. We're doing, of course, Facebook Live. I was selling houses on Facebook Live five years ago. So I think the real estate industry was somewhat ready for this, even though we weren't expecting it, if that makes any sense. So it wasn't as tough for you maybe as other businesses or definitely not as tough as schools. Absolutely, not as tough as some of the other entities have gone through. And now let's talk average and, and median prices here. 294,000, which is up from uh, 269 last year. Um, what, so it's demand. Where's the demand coming from in the middle of the pandemic? The fact that our inventory is lower than it was. If it's a good house in a good location, price right, it's going. Uh, anything below 300000 pretty much almost ends up in a bid war. It's been a little bit unusual from what we've seen in times past when there have been tough times. But this has been really unique. But again, I think it's because even though you see that increase, San Antonio still remains affordable. We are probably, compared to our sister cities, a lot more affordable than they are. And folks like us and they come to us. We have a lot to offer. San Antonio is a great city. And you talk about our sister city, cities. We're talking about uh, Dallas, Austin, Houston, and they increase they increase some, but we increase more than they did. Well, but the demand coming here seems to be higher for you know various reasons. Again, it's I think San Antonio. We're a, a if you're to live in a big city, we're a great little city that's big, or we're a great big city that's little. If that makes sense, because we're family oriented, and I think that that does a lot. How about the number of listings? that you have right now, say, compared to last past years? Number of listings have uh, gone down a little bit. I'll have to look at my stat sheet. I don't remember exactly what it is. New listings, mm, just recently we had a little bit of a decrease, 5.75%, it says. But our active li listings have gone down. That's what I mean by the inventory going down, where that, you know, there's just not that much on the market. So therefore, the 
months of inventory have shortened as well. It used to be very common to have three months to six months as how long you would stay listed. Now we're averaging less than two months. So it's a seller's market right now. What do you tell buyers? Well, it's still a buyer's market too because the interest rates are low. Oh, that's right. Um, you're able to buy because you have the affordability to buy. And some people are also now looking at uh, refinancing. They're getting a lot of uh, data on that. Hey, you can get 2.75 versus 3.75, whatever it is. Those, those numbers vary because rates are based on credit scores, which is credit score driven. But even with that said, the affordability is much better than it used to be. And now the supply, why is that, has that dropped some? Uh, well, because of the expediency that these houses are selling. I can tell you that I have personally experienced bid wars in houses that are below 300,000. If it's in a good location, you know, you hear the old adage, location, location, location. Well, San Antonio is it. Depending on what that location means for that prospective client, for that buyer. If they're needing to be near a school, near their church, near whatever it is that they're wanting, even if it's a biking trail, and we have plenty of those now in San Antonio, it's just the affordability factor, though, that's driving it. Because even though our prices have gone up a little bit, the interest rates have still made it affordable. And I just think it's been a wonderful, positive outlook. And how about the numbers of people? Maybe it's anecdotal that you would have this, but coming from out of town, out of state versus those here maybe buying up from where they are right now. Well, San Antonio is ramping up what it has to offer as far as jobs and that sort of thing. And we've always had the out of state market come this way, whether it be California, Florida, whoever. And I just think it has increased somewhat. Again, going back to the fact what you can buy there, you can get so much more here. And now during the pandemic as well, we saw people, uh, I had heard, again, this is anecdotally, that some people wanted to sell their house if they had some economic troubles because they were going to get so much. And are you seeing any of that, much of that still today? Or their home equity is right. To absolutely, for a lot of folks are looking to move up, or looking to downsize, or looking for different uh, specifications in the home itself. We've had a high demand for home offices, and a lot of folks have said, "Okay, <clears throat> I can't see where to put a home office without losing another room, whether it be their formal dining room or another bedroom or whatever." And when they discovered how much equity they had and that the days on the market are so much lower than they were expecting, then the risk to sell, if you want to call it a risk, has been quite favorable. How about parts of town? Uh, where are we selling more homes and maybe still than we did in the past? We're all over the place, to be quite honest. Um, it just depends on the need of the consumer. 
we're selling north, south, east, and west. I'm seeing it everywhere. I can't really put my finger on one particular location. And now there's been a lot of commercial development here still during the pandemic that's been announced, especially in the downtown area. People talk about living downtown and there are apartments, uh, you know, ringing downtown now, some new ones. That's what I was going to say. We're all in this together. And where there's more apartments, there's more traffic. Where there's more traffic, there's more people. Where there's more people, there's more opportunity for home buying. And we love, we as uh, realtors love to work with first-time home buyers, which a lot of uh, the apartment folks are. Or it could be someone that's relocated here and they don't quite know where they want to live yet because they're not sure how far it is from their place of employment or uh, whatever group that they're involved with. So they may start out with apartment living and then change to home buying later, you know, down the road. We watch that pretty carefully just to make sure that they're meeting that need. How about the number of new homes uh, versus those existing homes or older homes? Well, we always need new homes because growth is imminent. We are busting at the seams from what I can tell. And I know that the home builders are looking for land. We're looking for developers and the new home industry has done really well. My son happens to be in the home building industry and they are just as busy as they can be. He works for you know one of the local home builders here. And now how about in terms of say infill development, we've seen in a number of neighborhoods where existing single family homes um, are being replaced by multifamily homes, um, condos and such. How much of that are we seeing now? Well, I would say it's maintaining itself pretty equal. I, I do see a lot of revitalization going on, some rehabbing going on in some of our housing. And of course, the uh, multifamily, is, there'll always be a great need and demand for that. Not everybody wants a yard. <laughs> you know, not everybody wants the upkeep. Not everybody wants this. And of course, condos, that's still a home buying uh, entity. It's still, you can still purchase a condo and have your own independence in that way. I think a lot of people, the reason we buy a home, it gives us our independence to do with it what we please. We can paint the walls whatever color we want on the inside. If it's an HOA, you may have to be careful on the outside. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> and now in terms of, say, if somebody lives in an older neighborhood and they're seeing some of the houses around them go, you know, be turned into uh, multifamily homes, are they going to get more because the value of the land is going up? Well, they could, you know, depending on what's being built and what's coming in there. I mean, if it's a brand new uh, apartment complex that's bringing new life and new vitality, again, traffic brings people and people bring home buying. So it could very well go up. And now what do you tell people also there's worry about, you know, if there's all that kind of activity in my neighborhood, then my taxes are going to go up. There's always concern about taxes with folks. And we just tell them, you know, get with an expert that can do an analysis for you, see where you're at, see what's affordable for you, and just keep an eye on it and then take action when need be. And as we speak today, what is your average... Um, interest rate now, say on a 30 year fixed or a adjustable, what, what are you telling people? Below 3% right now. I don't know exactly what it is. It That again is hard to say exact 
Right. Again, being an average because it is credit score driven. So someone with a X score may not be as great of a rate as someone with a higher score, but then on average, it's still around probably around that 3% mark. Are you seeing more people go for 15 years or even say 10 years because of the interest rates right now? Yes and no. It depends on their need. You know, you can do a 30-year note, and as long as you make a couple of extra payments in, in the year, you can pay it off in 20 years. And uh, a lot of the realtors do counseling in that regard, and a lot of your lenders and your mortgage folks do counseling in that regard. It depends on what the need is of the consumer. The age group, do they want to be, you know, are they going to be retired? Do they want this paid off now? what is the need so we you know we look at it from all aspects you can't just put one finger on it what kind of questions are you getting from people these days what do they worry about when they come to a, a realtor and either want to sell or want to buy they're worrying about is this great market going to continue and right now it seems to be rolling that direction again we have to just watch the rates and see what's going on but if the interest rate remains low, then the market's probably going to remain pretty stable. And now the housing starts, uh, what is that like? I know you said your son is in the industry. Where is that and where do you expect that to go given what we've seen for this year during a pandemic? I'm not sure I have the exact stats on that, but I do know that the building industry is booming or appears to be booming. and and. I know just for one example in this one area that I'm thinking of, they have this, and it's a small builder, and they've got like 10 starts a month. Hmm. So I found that interesting too. I said the same thing. Hmm. Hmm. And now the incentives to build, because I've heard from some people, you know, some people don't like the sprawl of San Antonio and the traffic and, you know, the 281 and out 1604. There are incentives for building in, say, the inner city or different parts of town. Are they enough, you think, to get home builders to go there? Or does the city need to do more still? They're talking about more. I, I, if we can find the land, land is the biggest issue. We've, <clears throat> if it's landlocked, that makes it a little bit more difficult. But if a builder can find the land, they're very much interested in building inner city and and all over the city, you bet. It's it's dependent upon finding the right price, finding the right development, and what's going to suit that need. And are there hot spots in that area, say near the Pearl or Southtown, or you know, south of well, downtown? It's really hot. I would call hot spots. And then, of course, uh, it depends again on where the consumer wants to be. I can't stress that enough. Uh, some folks are wanting rural. Some are wanting that city life. So. Trust me, we go all over the place. Do you see um, some older people, some couples, some empty nesters? I've heard, again, a lot of this is anecdotal for me, but that they are wanting to downsize and say coming in closer to the city or somewhere, maybe out in the country. Yes, they do. A lot of them are wanting to be near hospital systems. We get that a lot and they are wanting to downsize or they're in a two-story home and now they want a one-story home because they don't want to do the stairs anymore. They weren't fortunate enough to maybe buy a two-story home that already had the master down. Uh, it's all relative to what the need is of that consumer. 
but we work with them very closely and we listen to see what it is they're really telling us. That's what we've got to be careful to do. If somebody hasn't looked to buy a house in say 10, 20 years and they're out there and they expect, okay, so here's the average price of 294,000, median of 250,000. What do you tell them what kind of home that you can get for that these days? Well, it, it depends on what they wish to afford. Um, obviously brand new houses sometimes run a little bit more because cost of building is a little bit higher, but it could also be a home that's been totally rehabbed and still be up there at that higher end market. Maybe they wanna look at a house that just needs a little bit of band-aiding, I call it. Just a little bit of love, a little bit of painting. Fixer upper. Do that. Money well, pit. Not, not necessarily a fixer upper because we're going to in, insist or pray that they have the house inspected. Right. So look for any, any kind of pitfalls in that regard. But I'll give you an example. If it's cosmetic, all right? So if you have a house with granite, I'm just going to use this as a wide example, and you have a house with Formica tops, I don't know if anybody still has that, but the granite's also always going to pull the higher a price because it's viewed as a higher demand product. So we look at all that with the client and run over the, the list. There's like a checklist that we would do to say, okay, here's what you need to do. And I always tell folks, don't spend a lot of money on rehabbing your house because that new buyer may not want that carpet you put in. They may rip it right out and put in wood floors. So we have to be smart in, in you know which way we guide them. What about trends in new housing these days? If I haven't looked for a house in 10 or 15 years, what am I going to see in a three bedroom, two bath or something like that? Uh, an amenity that comes with that that I didn't have in my old house. What kind well, of things? Well, your new houses have, and it's still high demand, what we call the open floor plan. And formal dining rooms are kind of going by the wayside, and, and it's all the family gathering, entertaining spot, which is really prevalent right now with folks just wanting to have their own space where that they can branch out and be able to see the kids playing in the family room while they're cooking in the kitchen. Whereas some of your older homes are compartment, compartmentalized and you can't see. So that's why you see a lot of rehabbing going home in that respect too. And now do you have some buying and figuring in the cost of rehab? How would you do that if you if you work with a realtor? I've heard people say that. I, you know, I don't wanna buy something unless I know exactly what I'm gonna be paying. Exactly. We, we always recommend that we get some, maybe some contractor bid prices. And I, again, I always tell folks, if it's someone getting ready to sell their house, don't totally redo the house. Just clean it up, spruce it up. Clean sells, mm -hmm. you know, good smells sell. Uh, keep it neutral. Less is more. And if you do have to replace the carpet because it's so soiled, go with a more inexpensive grade carpet because you don't know what that new buyer will do. It, will they pull it out? Will they keep it? Whatever. A lot of new buyers though, they're like, mm, let me use the carpet for a while till I get around to replacing it. So that's why I encourage people be smart with your checkbook. Don't overspend. Don't put in what you would want if you were going to stay there. Only spend that money if you're planning to stay there. Does that make sense? 
Yes. Yeah, but but like so if you have outdated stuff like uh, kitchens or bathrooms or stuff, is that something you should be spending on if you want to sell a house? Top priority, absolutely. But you'd be surprised how you can update that maybe without a lot of expense. It could just be a coat of paint. It could just be getting rid of that old 1950s wallpaper and painting it. Now, what, what else would you want people to know about the, the housing market this year? Obviously, we're surprised that it's so uh, it's up so much compared to the pandemic. Um, when did you realize it was going to it was going to stay up when it trended up or when it maybe didn't go down? Did it drop much at all at the beginning? Not that I felt we realized it because we still had work to do. And that was pretty exciting. It was OK. Uh, Folks are doing a lot, and you hear this, doing a lot of honeydew projects, but they're also out there looking at houses. They're still doing that, and they still want to do that. And we, as realtors, are accommodating them. We still do it in person, wear the booties, wear the mask, use the disinfectant, but we do a lot of Facebook Live and, and a lot of streaming and virtual. So folks always need a place to live. You right. Know? A house you sell, but a home is where you live. A home is where dreams are built. And I think people still have that mindset. How many people are not even going into a home before they buy these days? Uh, higher than you would expect. We've sold several houses, I can tell you, uh, from different colleagues that I've spoken to. We take our phone and we're, we're walking them through the house and we write up the offer and they buy the house. And we've been very fortunate with the smoothness of that transaction. So I would say right now we're, it's hard to put a number on it exactly. We're still showing houses as well. Now people are, I'm seeing them wanting to go look at houses again live. So that's interesting, uh, but we're just still having to be very careful. How much of the online virtual do you think is going to, to stay even after we're, we're past the pandemic? Oh, 100%. We're always going to be. We were already doing virtual tours before COVID hit. We were already doing Facebook Live. We were already trying to help, especially for out-of-town and out-of-state customers. We had to do that. So I think that's why the realtor base was already set up because we were used to it. But you weren't closing, I would think, as many sales before they would sign the contract that they would want to actually go in a house, uh, I would think. Well, you would think, but again, if they went ahead and hired an inspector to come and, and, and feed that information for them. And of course, there's more than one inspector. You've got your house inspectors, termite inspectors, and any other inspector where there might appear to be an issue. And that soothes a lot of folks. Um, I, I can't put a statistic on it. I can't even say if it's 50-50. I'm just saying what I'm observing is I'm seeing a lot in both venues, be it live or be it virtual. And the last couple of quick questions here. I've heard from different people and you want to make the emphasis, it's board of realtors or realtors. And well, what's the difference between a real estate agent and a realtor? A realtor abides by what we call a code of ethics. And we're members of our Texas uh, Realtors Association as well as the National Association of Realtors. And 
there's a lot of, how do I say this without it sounding funny? I don't want to say regulations, but yeah, there's a lot of regulations that we abide by and we're just held to a higher standard. And I know a lot of people are, you know, intimidated by the process. If you haven't bought a house before, it's tough enough to sign all the stuff you need to do for an apartment. What do you tell the average person about, okay, how long is this going to take from when you say, I want to put in a bid for X amount of dollars? I tell the consumer to let us do the work for you. Let us do the legwork. Your realtors are well-versed in the different processes. And thank you for mentioning that because it's more than just, hey, let's go see a house. There's financing involved. There's inspections involved. There's repairs involved sometimes. There's preparations that the buyer needs to get ready for. What kind of financing can they do? Are they VA, FHA, conventional, USDA, Texas vet? There's all kinds of things out there. Get with that realtor that can hold your hand, guide you through all of that, tell you what you need to prepare for, also help you start looking around in the areas that you think are going to meet your needs. Find out how much money you need, not just for the down payment, but for closing costs. All of that comes into play and we do that for you. We will help you with that and negotiate that for you in the transaction. Some people watch those shows like love it or list it or get rid of it or whatever like that. And they usually throw them, show them three houses. What's your average person look at these days? An average would be five to six homes, quite honestly, five to six. We have had some come in for a weekend and they've only got the weekend and we might show them 30 houses in a weekend. It depends on what the need is. Wow. But most of the time, because what I tell folks, if you look at too many houses at one time, you're not going to remember what was in the first house, even if you took notes. So you have to pace it and be smart about it. Well, how do we be smart about it? What do you need, first of all? Do you need a one-story? Do you want a two-story? Do you need the master down? How many bathrooms do you need? How many bedrooms? Do you need an office? Do you need a large yard? Do you need to be near a school, near a church? We've got to qualify what the house needs to present. Whittle it down. Yeah, wing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What age group? Some people don't want a house less than, you know, five years old. So we can do all of that. We can, as a realtor, we have the systems in place that we can get that for you on the dot, get it ready, do the research, and then make it make your life much easier. How about open houses? It seems like I haven't seen as many open house signs. I guess you would think that during the pandemic, but what are those like now? Do you still have those? Do they have to sign up? Occasionally they will do it, but a lot of our open houses again are virtual. Hmm. We do a virtual open house and you can register for that just like you would going live and in person. I'm not seeing a lot of it, but then Open houses, again, it depends upon the house. If it's a family-occupied house, sometimes they don't want their home open. Uh, if it's a vacant home, then you have to be sure that you do have someone there. Normally, we work in pairs. We recommend the realtors work in pairs for safety reasons. But we can still do it with the COVID protocols, the booties, the, uh, I'm talking about for the feet, uh, for anyone that comes. We, we have a supply on hand for them to put them on disinfectant, must wear a mask, and we're going to remain that way until we see what the future holds. Now, it brings up when you talk about a virtual open house or showing it virtually, do you have 
a realtor there that you can ask a question with that has a phone say well what's over there can you show me that how does that work or is it a zoom thing with a number of people sometimes or well it could be a zoom thing but most of the time it there is and we have different venues that we can access where that yes you can talk to the realtor right there on the spot uh, i'll give you another example i can have someone show up in front of a house and i can tell that they're looking at that house if they have uh, registered with us, right? And it'll show us where they're at and we're able to, well, the specs will come right up on that house and we can talk to them about it, tell them what's going on. So technology is amazing. <laughs> but now when you talk to them about it, can you show them about it at the same time? Say if they have a question, well, what does that look like again? And they, do they do that? Is it much as interactive as people might? We want, can. Want. We, if it's going to get that interruptive, sometimes we'll ask them, hey, can we just run a Zoom with you and go ahead and talk to you in that regard? Plus, we have a lot more pictures and a lot more live pictures offered on our systems. So instead of just getting 10 pictures of a house or just 25, now you can see 50. And the 360 view or whatever yeah. those are these days? Are yeah. those like almost standard or Pretty getting much. there? That's what uh, I don't know of too many folks out there that realtors that is that don't already have the virtual tour built into the listing. And you pretty much touched on, touched on this, but last two quick questions. Say I'm a seller, then then buyer in a minute. Say I'm a seller. What's your advice for me right now? Go through the checklist of what you need to get done. Let's find out how much you owe in the house, if anything. Of course, you may have paid it off. Where are you wanting to go to? That will determine what you're needing to retrieve. And of course, we're always going to look for the fairest and best price for that seller. And we will go through with them and talk to them about, okay, Mr. Seller, just like I used that example before, if something needs a little of a Band-Aid, don't spend a lot of money on it if you plan to leave. But we do want to make the house presentable because otherwise then you might get a lesser offer than you would if the house were painted versus not painted. You know, unfortunately, right. a little bit of elbow grease goes a long way. And now for the buyer, what do you tell them? Look at what area you really want to be in, number one. Number one, you have to determine, think long-term. Where do you want to be 10 years from now? Where do you want to be? Or is this a short-term purchase or what? And then be sure, Mr. Buyer, that you make a competitive offer, make a fair offer uh, that's within your budget. Because if you like that house, so will somebody else. So don't try to lowball them. And, and I've heard this before from, 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 I've heard this before from younger people looking at their first house what's a percentage that I pay a realtor if I'm a buyer or a seller? How does that work? Well, that's negotiable and it depends on how it's set up contractually. Uh, if the property is paying for the fees or if the buyer is paying for the fees, but all of that's negotiable and it just depends on what the need is and, and you know, what are you buying? And Three. who's representing you? Did you hire that realtor to represent you? Is there an average these days, a 3%, a no. higher or lower? No, it, it, there's not really. And it's always percent, right? Percentage of uh, home 
price um, or sale? Flat fees sometimes, but again, it's negotiable and it depends upon what the realtor and their client agree upon. And how do you hook up with a realtor? Well, you can visit Sabor.com. <laughs> That's what I knew you were going to say. <laughs> and we will get you lined up with some realtors, you bet. San Antonio Board of Realtors. Well, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. And uh, I guess we hope it's a good market this year, depending on whether you want to buy or sell. We're uh, counting on it. All right. Thanks very much. Appreciate it.